0: Welcome to the Chasing Presence Podcast, co hosted by Santiago and Mike. This is a space where we share our insights for how to live a more spiritually aligned life. Join us on our journey to expand consciousness, live with purpose, and awaken to our true nature. Today, we are going to be talking about the topic of aging and dying. We are going to be discussing the finite time that we as humans have here on earth and the psychological distress that this sometimes causes people. Oftentimes in life, especially when we're young or even middle-aged, we'll start to think about the fact that we are eventually going to get old. Our bodies will eventually begin to start failing us and shutting down, and we'll eventually cease to exist. And this can cause a lot of anxiety because it threatens one's own ego and realizing that they are, we are not infinite beings in the sense that in, in terms of this human experience, we don't have an infinite amount of time. We have a limited amount of time. And if you become attached to this physical world and to your life, you may start to have anxiety about, you know, this, this idea that you will eventually cease to exist at some point and everyone will forget about you and you won't matter because you'll be dead. Also beyond, or even before the state of dying, there's also the anxiety of aging in and of itself, of being old and of not having the same physical and mental capacity that we have when we're young and have more vitality and energy. And so today we want to discuss uh, the anxiety and fears that come with this, this reality in life and how to navigate navigate it in a way to where we can be at peace with our aging and be at peace with our death and and maybe not only be at peace, but also appreciate it and have gratitude for it and see it in a positive light. So Mike, you're the one who wanted to talk about this today, what called you to want to discuss this topic for uh, the podcast today.
1: So I think one thing that's very important that all people need to come to terms with is acceptance. And we talked about this on one of our podcasts. But we I think the ultimate form of acceptance is, is getting over the fear of death. Because the, the the whole conceptualization of death as as an idea is is done through language, which requires time to communicate, and death is void of time because you are no longer in a meat suit that can experience time. Um, and it the, here's the thing: we when I say this, I'm I'm using language to even describe this, so. But but at, at the end of the day, our consciousness, ha- we, we have a conscious understanding of, you know, that um, we shouldn't worry about death, whatever. But we still have the innate fear inside of us because it is something unknown. It is something in the unknown and we are programmed to want to survive and want to not die. So part of getting over the fear of death is transcending your own instincts, which is like... <laughs> something number one we should be incredibly grateful that as human beings we have the cognitive ability to even transcend our instincts to have this neuroplasticity that can that can basically program thought patterns that that aids us in, in and allows us to become more intelligent and and happy individuals so it's death death is it, it's it's a tricky one because you can't understand it just like god and it, it's it's impossible to understand because you you have to experience it to understand death because i mean i i think you have basically experienced death at some point because i remember you said you took five meo dmt and your experience was something like uh you experienced everything and nothing all at once but at the same but at the same time, you're literally experiencing nothing. The, the one thing that you have to understand about death is people like to think that they're going to, you know, go to a heaven where they experience time, where they get to be with their loved ones. And the problem with that mentality is that it is under the notion and the presupposition that time exists in death. And it doesn't. Death, it, there is no time in death. So the the best thing that I can that I the best analogy that I can give you is death is I mean it's literally just like sleep, you know, like you, you go to sleep and and that's it. That's basically what death is. It's a long sleep. Um but at the, but at the same time it's like it it's very difficult to um kind of like understand what happens after death because you know, if if death is completely void of time, right? then oh does the universe just go by like this just like you know like a a trillion years just goes by in in an instant or like the entire life of the universe when you die just goes by in an instant and then what's next? Because like if there's no time then you there's there's no like it's almost like so the the way I like to to um describe it is because you literally experience everything and nothing at once. To me, it almost seems impossible that you, that you don't, that you don't, you know, come back into some form, you know, at, at some point, you know, it, it's the idea that, you know, you just return to the source to the awareness that you originally were. Um, but the problem is, we just we can't understand what that even means. There, there's no point to try to theorize what happens after death. I mean, I, I guess there is a point. It's fun to try to figure out what the hell's going on in the universe. But there's no point to theorize about it because when you're theorizing about something, you're using form to describe something that is inherently not form. So, the 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 point I'm trying to make by by saying that is, it is utterly useless to describe something ineffable. It's it's almost impossible. Um, I guess you can get a little taste of it by taking five m a o d n t. Or personally, for me, you know when when I am really able to silence my mind in a meditation session if there's no anxieties that are just fluttering through my mind and you know the the clouds of my mind aren't aren't in a current thunderstorm um, then I might experience something like death which is which actually kind of scares my ego a little bit. I mean basically what happens is I go through a long meditation session maybe like 40 minutes to an hour and if my mind is particularly silent that day then, then it, the meditation session will go by extremely fast because I literally go through an ego death. And usually what happens is after that happens, I there's a little bit of anxiety floating around my system for no reason. And that's when I know, oh, I think I just, like, I think 30 minutes just went by like instantly. um, And yeah, that that's it. It's just <laughs> death is void of time. And it's, it, it's why when you're so focused in the moment and time is is not an object where you seem like you're almost the most alive it's i i honestly really think that you know it's great to experience time when you have a subconscious mind that is is pushing you towards your desires and everything that you want but time is a huge problem in in our society, because it's associated with the past and the future. And if your thoughts are stuck in the past and the future, and you're not being present, then that's where a lot of the depression, and anxiety comes from. It's through trying to experience time quite literally. Um, and that that's the nice thing about death is that there's no time. So there's nothing to worry about. In that sense, because in order to worry, you need time. So I, I think just kind of like understanding that on a very subconscious level, like fully internalizing the fact that there is literally nothing wrong with death. And if anything, like, like personally, I'm kind of excited for death and I'm not going to go jump off the empire state building. um. But like, you know, I, I think Ram Das like made a really good point that really resonated with me when I was, when I was listening to one of his talks um, and he said, you know, I mean, uh, this is more. This might be more of a uh, it might be Hindu or a a a Buddhist um, way of thinking rather than just his opinion. Um, But like the 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 purpose of life is to prepare you for your death, which which in a sense means that if you can become the most consciously aware being possible and be as present as you possibly can, then when it comes to the final moment where you need to face death, you will have that presence that allows you to face it with, you know, with, with, with your utmost authenticity and your sincerity so that you, you can get the most out of it. And like, and so I think, I think really just understanding that from a conceptual standpoint kind of helps, will help you get over death that, you know, time and death are like, honestly, it seems like polar opposites. Um, um, Not now that I'm thinking about it, because you I don't think you can also have one without the other life is time and and death is is void. No time. Um, But that's just that's just kind of like my um, my ideas about it. Um, I'm not I'm not a professional death or time person, (laughs) for lack of a better word. Uh, So please just take what I say with with a grain of salt and with food for thought. Uh, But Santia, I'm, I'm wondering what what you think about what I just said.
0: Yeah, well I think a lot of the fear or arguably all of the fear surrounding death stems from the existence of the ego, which is your sense of self, the sense that you are a separate entity that is, you know, having this dual experience separate from everything else, separate from nature, the environment, objects, other people, other living sentient forms of life. You are this singular sentient entity that is separate from everything else and that that sense of separateness is due to the ego, and that ego is there, as we've talked about many times, to help you survive in life. You need that ego in order to go through this human experience, But as a result of that, there is this illusion that there's this enduring you that exists within this body, and you need to preserve it at all costs. And what you will come to realize through mystical experiences or near death experiences is that you actually are not, you know, relatively, yes, you are this separate entity, but in terms of what I like to call the ultimate truth or the universal truth or, or the whole truth um, is that life is non-dual, meaning that everything is connected and everything is one. we all stem from the same source. And when you die, it is my belief along, along with the belief of many others who are in the spiritual communities, Buddhists, various other religions as well, um, that you return to this source of oneness. And so when you have these experiences where you experience oneness, where you experience non-duality, you realize that that can be a very blissful state. And it's it's what Eckhart Tolle, Eckhart Tolle calls the eternal now, right? He talks about the eternal now, and that time is this illusion, the past and the present don't exist. But when you die, you go to the eternal now. And so that's where things start to get tricky. It starts to become very difficult to articulate it in words and, and express it in a way that makes sense. Because you're dealing with a reality that is so alien to the typical human experience, where the three-dimensional reality no longer exists, time no longer exists, separation no longer exists, and when essentially your whole human existence has revolved around all of these principles of separation, of time, of you know, of space, of of separation, and all these other things, um, it becomes very difficult to reconcile that with this other truth without actually experiencing it. And so that's why it can be good to try to get into a deep state of meditation or to exper- um, experiment with plant medicines or to do other spiritual disciplines and practices like deep forms of breath work. There are many different modalities that can be used to access these more non-dual states. That way you get an idea of the differences between the human experience and what is the ultimate truth of of oneness, the universe, God, non-duality, et cetera. And then you be able you be, you begin to be able to hold opposing seemingly contradictory realities and truths in, in unison with one another. And so you can appreciate, it's kind of like in science when you go down to, and I'm not a physicist, but you know they'll talk about how, how light is both a particle and a wave. Well, that doesn't seem to make sense. How can it be both a particle and a wave? Or they'll talk about how, oh, actually this physical matter is mostly comprised of empty space. When you get down to the quantum level, you start to notice that there are to the to the basic logical mind it seems to be contradictory, but you you can actually hold these seemingly opposing truths in one with one another, in unison with one another, because life has these types of kind of paradoxes that exist, you know. And so this idea that when you die, yes, as a human you cease to exist, but then you return to the oneness which is universal consciousness, um, which is void of an ego and void of a sense of yourself. But it's all one and one and the same, and so I'm not going to make any, um, I'm not going to make any assumptions or beliefs about what happens after death, because even saying after death, you know, implies a sense of time, and so it, it starts to get very tricky. Um, but and then there's there's some people who believe in reincarnation. I think that that's possible. I don't. I'm not 100% bought into that. I do think it's definitely a possibility. So I don't know what happens after for sure. I have had experiences that give me an idea of what it might be like. But when you have these experiences where you dissolve the ego, it allows you to come to terms with the fact that as a human being, the time on earth is temporary. And kind of moving on to how you can, you can, I mean, like, for example, like the Stoics use the, the phrase memento mori, which is. Uh, I think it stands for remember fate or remember death. Yeah, memento mori, which is you know this idea that you should constantly uh, reflect on the fact that you are going to die because it allows you to take action in your life because oftentimes we put things into the future. We say we'll do it another time. Um, we don't take the time to say the things we want to say to the people um, who maybe we've had conflict with, or we don't want to tell people that we love them because we're afraid of rejection, or we don't end up taking action, because we think we can always put it off to another time. But when you remember that, you know, there is an endpoint to this human experience, it, it propels you to take action, because you know that there's only a limited amount of time, you'll see this with people who um, are diagnosed with like terminal illnesses when they're young, and then maybe they're able to, to get out of it and heal from it. And then they have this newfound perspective on life where they're like, Oh, I need to like take action now, because I might not have tomorrow because a lot of people when they're especially when they're young they think oh you know i have an infinite amount of time i'm never going i'm not going to die anytime soon so i can just put things off but when you have this sense of urgency and you reflect on your own death daily it begins to make you take action more um, more with more with more vigilance and with more proactivity and so you can get more out of life because you're not just waiting on the sidelines for something better to happen or better to come along or for someone else to come into your life and and make it better, you're going to start to be the captain of your own ship, so to speak, you're going to start taking initiative for your own life, because you know that your time here is limited.
1: Yeah, and the the thing I constantly like to reflect upon is that we are, we are extremely complex, conscious beings. And that I mean, once you kind of just like awaken to the fact that you, you can be aware, and you can use conscious attention to, you know, very slowly and subtly change your subconscious habits, it's, it's crazy that we have this ability to literally create, we can create ourselves, that, that is absurd, and like, like, I, I, I'm not going to say that, you know, we're, we're better than other animals. We are more complex than other animals, but it's utterly absurd that we have this cognitive capability and, and ability. And w- w- when I reflect on that, it, it's more of a, it's more gratitude than everything else. I, I think, I mean, <laughs> gratitude is so ridiculously important, man. If If you're... If you're focusing on all the positive things that you have, then you're going to think positively and you're going to feel positively and then that's going to determine your state of being. And if you if you're experiencing that constantly and throughout a long period of time, then you're literally going to change your entire life. Um, so being grateful that we are literally, that we are a conscious being and we have the capability to change ourselves. That is something that really helps me. That's part of my gratitude practice. Um, and so I when it when it comes to when it comes to old age though, the, the one thing that we definitely need to realize is most people are unhappy in their twenties, you know? Um a, a lot of people are unhappy in their teenage years as well, but most people start to actually report being happier as they age. So like we, we're so scared of aging when we're in our twenties because we we have this this distorted idea, uh, in especially in Western society that, you know, um that's mainly attached to ego, that youth that youth is everything. I mean, I, I've I've held this belief for so long that I that I didn't want to age. And attaching to that is what led to a lot of my bad habits. Because I I guess I couldn't come to to terms with the fact that I'm gonna I, I'm gonna wake up one day and I'm not gonna be fucking ninety. You know, and I and, and I guess part of me is just like, I don't want to experience disease. I, I don't want to get to a point where, where I might have cancer and might, might have people depend on me. If anything, that's motivation for me to lead the healthiest lifestyle possible, you know, in, term, in, in terms of like physical, mental and spiritual. So like the chance of that happening is just like, you know, very slim. I mean, obviously you, you can't control certain things. It, you you can't control the world you can only control your response or what what's what's the quote um god grant me the serenity to accept the things i cannot change courage to change the things i can and the wisdom to know the difference you know it's like you can control the 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 type of lifestyle that you live in terms of like how healthy it is and whatnot obviously you can't control getting struck by a meteor in a plane to use a random example um but you know, like that's one thing that might alleviate your fear of death is simply to live as healthy as possible so that you don't, you know, get to the point where you're dying of diabetes or, or, or cancer. Because if, if, I mean, I mean, I believe this and you know, this has been shown in, in studies that Joe Dispenza has done, but if you're, if you are extremely positive individual that is constantly experiencing gratitude and it's, and is in love with your life, your chances of getting cancer and like disease that is going to slowly kill you is very very low. Um, so if if you can you know be healthy and and lead a life that your ninety year old self would be proud of, then chances are you 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 don't have to be scared of you know going through immense pain. Uh, before you, you go through death, I think that's what a lot of people are scared of is going through pain before they die. Um, I mean, personally, I I don't really want to go through like immense physical pain, like, you know, getting burned at the stake if I don't have to. Um, so yeah, I, I, think if, if we can just be, you know, as healthy as we possibly can and practice gratitude and practice presence, which in its own way, is kind of death, you know, because anything devoid of time can can honestly be thought of as death. Um, obviously not in the in the in the same uh intensity, but if yeah, I I really like to associate death with no time because that to me it just makes sense like that. Um, and the the other thing that we can do is i guess this is more you know egoic in nature but if, if you're really like scared of death and you want something to like live on after your death then you know create a legacy have a child have a family you know start a business that you know you think will like last time um and yeah obviously this is very egoic but you know some people use it as a way to alleviate this anxiety I think it's perfectly fine. You know, at, at the end of the day though, it's like, like time will end, you know, and ju- just because you leave a legacy doesn't mean people are going to remember it, you know, like, Oh yeah, J- Jesus, you know, he, he left a pretty decent legacy, but like, w- w- what are the chances that's going to last in the next 10,000 years? Very, very low. You know, the, the, the chance of civilization ending are higher than of Jesus's legacy, legacy lasting, you know? So yeah.
0: Yeah, and this whole idea that when you're like the best years of your life are in your 20s, this, this concept, or whenever I hear people say, oh, the best years of my life were in college, I think to myself, what are you doing with your life? I mean, I, don't, I know that's a little judgmental, but I'll be honest. I'm like, you clearly did not um, decide to live a life of purpose and intention and meaning if the best years of your life were, was from 18 to 22 or from 20 to 30, like you should be constantly... Not necessarily, well, let's just say you should be constantly developing through life. And even if, you know, yes, okay, maybe your physical peak will be in college or in your 20s, right? But there's other ways to grow through life that aren't just physical, right? There's this, there's the this spiritual element, which is the most important, in my opinion, right? So you should be continuing to evolve all the way through death in your spiritual evolution, right? So just because, oh, you know, maybe you can't, you know, run a marathon anymore, or you can't you know, lift a bunch of weight, you're not as strong as you used to be, or you can't exercise as vigorously as you used to, you should still A, be able to maintain a certain level of health if you do things properly, especially with the amount of knowledge and resources that we have in today's society. That's first of all, like there's a lot that you can do to still be physically active. I know people who are, in, I've seen people in their seventies who are like biking and, and, you know, are still pretty fit. I know guys who are much older than me who are have much greater cardiovascular fitness than I do. And I'm an avid exerciser, you know, I I typically exercise five to six days a week and I do rigorous training. And so it is possible to maintain a certain level of health. Obviously there are exceptions for people with certain disabilities, you know, but barring that, there's a certain level of health you can maintain. So when people say, Oh, by the time I'm in my forties, I won't enjoy traveling because I won't have the energy, well, that's on you. You should still be able to be physically healthy in your forties. Um it, it, assuming that it's not due to some extraneous uh, condition that you can't control, that's first of all. Second of all, as you go through life, you should be able to find other avenues for growth. Like you don't have to just focus on um, physical youth. You can focus on other skills and development. You can pick up a certain f- form of art, whether it's music or um, or drawing or painting. You can you can pick up. Um, you know, certain, certain. There's so many different skills you can pick up. You can learn to do public speaking. You can learn to, um, you can learn to do architecture. You can learn to do graphic design. You can learn all these other skills. You can invest in a business. You can become entre- entrepreneurial. You can you can continue to develop in whatever your career path is. You can, can continue to develop your social skills, and most importantly, you can continue to develop your spiritual growth and development through all of the various spiritual disciplines that we talk about. On this podcast. And so when you do that, you gain a sense of meaning and purpose from all of the different activities that you engage in beyond just instead of just focusing on your youth, right? And the amount of energy and, and physical vitality that you have when you're young or what you look like physically. We are spiritual beings having this human experience and we are much more than what we physically look like. The other thing too that I also wanted to talk about is that this whole concept of Aging being a bad thing and being old and, and viewing old people as being um, disposable or useless is a very Western type of ideology and mentality in, in Eastern cultures, older people are revered, they're respected, they're seen to be people who have a lot of wisdom, they have a lot of experience that they can share, and they are looked up to and they are taken care of and they are almost viewed as like sacred you know, due to the amount of years that they've walked to this earth. And so it's a very Western mindset that, you know, people who we value the most are people who are in the peak of their working condition, right? People in their twenties through their forties who have high earning potential and who are contributing and are productive. And then once they get old, oh, we'll just send them off to a retirement home or some sort of, we'll have some sort of service to take care of them and we'll forget about them and we don't care about them. It's a cultural thing. And it's, it's one of the unfortunate things about Western societies like the United States where we live is we don't revere and respect older people for the wisdom that they have. If you look at like a lot of shamans, for example, and other cultures, most of them, a lot of them are older people who have all of this experience built up over many years. And so when you're older, you have a ton of wealth and wisdom that you can sh- you can share with and bestow upon younger generations to inspire them and to influence them. And as you get older through life, if you've been diligent with your, with your spiritual development, you should be able to access States of gratitude, states of inner peace. You should hopefully be at a point where, you know, you gain and derive the majority of your sense of well-being and meaning through, through accessing that internally. It should come from within, right? And you can access that when you're young too. I I get to those states, but I'd hope, assuming I live to old age, that I'm going to be in a state, much more present, much more in the moment, much more at peace, and I will have developed the mindset. And that will match my energetic and vibrational frequency physically that will allow me to be at complete peace with where I am, despite the fact that I am physically deteriorating, right? The physical meat suit, as you called it earlier, is is it's an illusion. It's not what we really are at our core. And I think as you get older and as you get closer to death, I think the people who who start to get to that point where they're close to dying. They become lighter physically and therefore able to access those spiritual dimensions more. You'll see people on their deathbed access more spiritual states, even if they never were into spirituality during their life. You hear of stories of people finally, you know, telling their loved ones something that they've held on to for years, or they'll finally start shifting in in the way that they're composing themselves in terms of how they're speaking. And there's this, there's this state that they're able to get through as they get close to death, that is more representative of our truth as, as spiritual beings, as pure consciousness, pure light, pure love, rather than the egoic physical form that we become so attached to, especially when we're younger.
1: I just thought of a story. Um, that's kind of crazy. Um, so my grandma, when she, she had Parkinson's and then she had a stroke and then, um, she was like on her deathbed. And then apparently like a few minutes before she died. Uh, like she she was basically, you know, a vegetable for like a week or something like that. I, I hope that I, I set up my my affairs properly so that, you know, if if I become a vegetable, I the plug gets pulled immediately. I, I hope I don't have to experience anything like that. Um, but literally like a few minutes before she died, she like, sat up with, and she had not opened her eyes in like two, two, like one or two weeks. She sat up, fully opened her eyes, sat there for like 30 seconds, and then died. <laughs> that, that, that shit was crazy. Um, no, I don't know what was going on there. Um, but she probably just accessed some sort of deep spiritual state, uh, in that occurrence. Um, so I thought I would just, just share that because I thought I thought it was, it was, it was very interesting. Um, it was, it was almost kind of consoling in a way because that, that death was actually one, but yeah, that's the other thing I want to talk about. Like family members dying, like going, going through the grief of death is something that is really good for you. You know, I, and I think it's also a, another reason why, you know, you things get better with old age because you know as your friends as your family members as they pass as you have to overcome that adversity you you become a stronger person um and when you become a stronger person you become a more confident person and when you're more confident person you are happier in general you know i like true fulfillment and happiness comes from being a confident person it doesn't come from like the external environment um, it doesn't come from like, like success. It comes from being a successful person, having a successful mindset. So like, like, even if you're not scared of your own death and you're scared of your family members dying, you know, sometimes I'll have, uh, like random thought patterns that, you know, bubble up into my conscious mind where like, I start getting teary eyed. Cause I'm just like, I'm thinking of a situation where my grandparents die or like one, one of my parents dies suddenly. Um, which is like 100% very possible and will happen to everyone guess what like the, the the one thing that I constantly remind myself is me my entire family all my friends everyone alive right now are all going to die and that's just the reality that we live in there's nothing we can do about it so what are we doing like running around and being so scared of it I mean obviously if you like when you talk about it it makes sense but deep down, like a lot of us just haven't fully understood that. Um, I mean, I'm not going to like, you know, stand up here on a pedestal and say that I fully don't fear death. Of course, I still fear death. I think it's impossible to completely not fear anything that's unknown because it's built into our like system. That's how we survived was to like fear death. Like how else would we be here if we didn't fear death on some level? Um, so yeah, but, you know, like we said, you, you, you can cultivate mindsets that can, that can program you to transcend those instincts. Um, and just, just a few other things that I wanted to talk about in terms of, um, you know, kind of like dealing with this is to, for like, if, if you haven't found your purpose in this life or, you know, or at least doing something to get to that purpose, You need to do that now because like when I was, you know, in like 22 to 26, I was into drugs. I was partying every weekend. I was working a corporate job that I did not enjoy working and I was doing it only because it made my family members proud, but deep down it didn't make me proud. So, um, when, and I had no idea what my, I mean, I did know what my purpose was. It was music production, but I was, I was like suppressing it. With drugs and with people pleasing, um, so once and, and during that time of that intense people pleasing and drug abuse, I was incredibly scared of death. I I was so scared of old age and death that using those things and like saying, "Oh, I'm a nice person," and and oh, these drugs give me instant gratification, alleviated me from that fear in 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 the in the present um but obviously that that doesn't work because a, a, w- with pleasure then later comes pain you know so then you're gonna start you're gonna feel great and then oh but then you're gonna start feeling it again and then you're gonna feel great and then you're gonna start feeling it again it's just it's it's a cycle um and obviously a lot of us aren't taught to like you know use meditation and awareness and 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 presence to just deal with these things you know it's like if you, if you're scared of death, then you need to like, you know, have a chat with yourself, sit down and start fucking meditating and just start saying like, you know, I'm going to die. I'm, I'm like, my family's going to die and all this shit. And it's like people, people, a lot of people are just like, Oh I, God, why are you saying that? Like, why are you being so negative? But it's like, that is not negativity. That is straight reality you know, there's a difference between being pessimistic and being realistic. And that's just real realism at, at its, at its core is you're going to die. Um, and there's nothing wrong with it. You know, like, like we said, it's like, um, it's like, why, why would you be worried about something that is out of your control? So for first of all, um, like understanding what your purpose is, what, what makes you feel most alive is a great way to kind of just like get your mind off the fact that you're going to leave this meat suit. Um, and then, I mean, things that you can use to be more alive, like being creative. You know, it's like when when, when you're in flow state in, in a creative manner, it's just it's, it, it is something that... You, you cannot, you cannot explain where the creativity comes from. It, it is, it is absurd where, where, because oftentimes ideas will come to your head that you're just like, I was never taught this. I was never, you know, I never learned about this. How did this just pop into my head out of nowhere? Um, and you know, it, it's, it's when you're getting these ideas and you're, you're moving towards your purpose um, and you're trying new things, having novel experiences that really makes you feel alive. And if you can, if you do what makes you feel most alive, then you're not going to give a fuck about death. And I, I remember, um, there, there, there's a quote, I forget, I forget who it was by. Um, but it's, it's, it's better to live a, uh, a happy, quick life than a long, sad life which, which basically just means when you spend most of your time in the present moment, your life is going to fly by, but you're going to be joyful. But when, if if you're super sad and you're constantly, you know, thinking about the future and the past and this and that, then, you know, time's going to go really slow. It's like, you know, when, when we were in school and we're kind of just like waiting for that final like tick of the clock so that we could leave and go do our thing. It's like, It's, it's kind of that same, it's, it's, it's that same way. It's like, if we're just constantly thinking about, okay, when's this going to end? When's this going to end? Time drags on, you know? So if you do what makes you feel most alive, you, you have your purpose and you experience love, joy, and gratitude, and you are as present as you possibly can every single day. Yeah. Life might go by faster, but at least you'll be joyous. Um, and then when you're living like that, you, you, you really don't care about death. Um, (laughs) that's 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 what i think
0: eventually it'll all come to an end and so you have to appreciate every moment and what you have now because it is temporary and fleeting while also accepting that um you are going to die it's just is the ultimate truth that it, it is what ends up happening at the end of every human's life there are people now who are trying to um i forget what they're called but they're the people who are trying to live forever like people who are trying to extend life to the point where they never die I think that that's ridiculous. I think that life is a cycle. It's a circle. And with every life, it's just the natural progression is that you eventually die. And then there are a variety of different possibilities that happen uh, when death occurs. But something else I also wanted to touch upon is in my experience, one of the things, ironically, that helped me to cope with death and not be afraid of death, it was the depression that I suffered for, I don't know, decade plus of my life because when you experience severe depression you become suicidal and when you're suicidal you are constantly thinking not just about death but you actually have the desire to die like you want to die you either want something to take you out of this life or you want to do it yourself and when i was severely depressed for many years i would constantly think about killing myself it was just something that was always on my mind so i think a lot of, and I'll touch about that on, on that a little bit more, but I think that for a lot of people, they become very afraid of death because they don't contemplate it often. They don't think about it very often. They try to shut it out of their mind. They try to avoid thinking about it and stuff it down into their subconscious. And so when the idea does come up, because maybe they watch a movie that kind of talks about it, or maybe they're in a rare conversation where the topic of death comes up or it pops up in their mind when they're not, you know, kind of caught off guard for some sort of reason, something stimulates them to think about it. They then become very fearful because they're like, Oh my God, death. This is, this is something I don't want to think about. It scares me. And they shut it, they shut it away. But if you constantly contemplate death, it's just like anything. It's like exposure therapy. You're constantly thinking about it. Eventually the idea of it doesn't scare you that much. Now that just doesn't mean that you should (laughs) set the goal to experience severe depression in order to overcome your fear of death. Right. For me, that's just the way that it was. And so now when I think about it, it's like, yeah, whatever. I've I've not only thought about death, I've actually wanted to do it. I've thought about how I wanted to do it. I've planned I've made plans and 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 did research online in terms of the most effective way. So I'm well acquainted with it with the idea of death. And I, I dealt with it for many years. And now because I'm no longer in a state of depression, I don't have that pain, I no longer have the desire for death. But it's still something that because I thought about it so much, I still tend to think about it on a regular basis, just the idea of it, what it would be like, so forth and so on. And so it's kind of like, like if you have a fear of of spiders, like I used to have really bad arachnophobia, particularly with tarantulas. And now that fear isn't, it's not 100% gone, but it's like, I would say no more than the average person's fear of it. And what I did was I literally would just look up photos on Google of tarantulas. And I would just do that like somewhat regularly. I didn't even have to do it for that long. I did it for like a week, and eventually, the more I looked at them, the more I realized like, oh, they're actually not that scary. Like it's just another animal that, for whatever reason, either due to maybe it's an ancestral thing where like you know some spiders are poisonous, and so you ended up developing a fear of it. It's like epigenetics, or it could just be that I was conditioned to be afraid of them through you know movies and shows that I watched as a kid growing up. That characterizes them as being something to be afraid of, whatever it might be. um, The more you expose yourself to that thing, if it's not actually dangerous, right? If it's just, if it's an irrational fear, then, um, you know, it shouldn't scare you. Now, the the argument to that is, well, death should be a a rational fear because you shouldn't want to die. Yes, there's a truth to that. But the more that you contemplate on it, it, you won't necessarily completely rid yourself of the fear, but you'll become a little bit more comfortable with it because you're not avoiding it. And and it's just something to think about. So expose yourself to the idea of it, contemplate it on it often. Like Mike said, you can journal about it. You can write down the statements that like I am gonna die. You can journal your thoughts on death and what about it um scares you. And then I would say an even more effective strategy and the most effective strategy um for overcoming your fear of death is to have some sort of mystical experience or or safe near death experience in the sense that you're you're doing something that isn't actually going to cause you to die. But that um, basically quiets down your ego or dissolves it to a degree to where you can experience what it's like to no longer have a sense of self, because that experience is going to be what it's like when you die. At least that's my idea. And that's my belief and the belief of many people. So do these things, contemplate on it, exposure therapy, um, as well as having mystical experiences can help you to overcome your fear of death. And then when it comes to aging, it's just again, understanding that you know, as you age, there are other avenues for you to grow and develop, especially spiritually, that can give you a great sense of meaning and purpose in your life beyond just you know, having physical vitality. There's more to life than just being young and and having that, that youthful vitality. There are other things that come with aging that can give you a lot of greater sense and purpose. And as you go through life, you should be able to, you should be building your life in, in whatever way makes sense to you. Like success is different to everyone. And so figure out what a successful life looks like to you and continue to cultivate that as you go through life. And the more years go by, the more experience you get and the more comfortable you become um, with who you are and and the more you should be able to get to know yourself and the more you should be able to develop a relationship with yourself, with God and with other people in your life. And so you can have a very rich life when you're older. It doesn't have to be um, what it's depicted as in mainstream media as being a lonely soulless existence it can be full of of fun full of laughter full of light full of love if you do the work to make sure that you're setting yourself up to have a successful life in the long term as you go into old age
1: the one thing i've noticed too um i i i love old people if if i ever got the chance i would not mind working in a retirement home N- number one they just have like so much wisdom that they they. Can, Have the ability to impart onto you, but there's so much more present. Like in my current complex, I I frequently go on walks, and you know there's there's a decent amount of condos in this complex, so there's usually a a decent amount amount of people roaming around, and you know I'm trying to acknowledge the other beings that exist, so I try to like give eye contact and say hi, and the one thing I notice is that the people who are more more likely to give me eye contact and like, say hi, and give me a smile are older people. And I I, I don't know why that is. Um, but I think it largely has to do with the fact that most older people are just happier, and are more at peace and are more present. Because you know, as you get more accustomed to the fact that you're going to die, you start to enjoy life more. It's like, it's from, it's from the obscure recognition of the fact of death that life draws its sweetness. Um, and I one one idea from Alan Watts that I absolutely just love. And this last thing I'm going to say is you can think of life. Like if, you know, if, 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 if you know what a sine wave looks like a sine wave is just, you know, it's like one bump on the bottom and like a reverse bump on the, on the top. Um, and it, it's a continuous wave and you can think of life as the crest, which is the top part of this wave or the mountain. And you can think of death as the trough or the valley. And, uh, for a sine wave to be a sine wave, it needs both the crest or the mountain and the trough or, or the valley. Uh, with, without this, the, the wave would not exist. And without life, death would not exist you know that th- this it without space matter would not exist without without unconsciousness consciousness would not exist it, it's these things are this the different sides distinct sides of the same coin meaning that you know the the coin cannot exist without having both of these two sides uh yen yin cannot exist without yang it, it's Both counterparts are equally as important. Life is just as important as death. Um, And, you know, like it goes, it goes crest trough, crest trough, crest trough, just, just like a wave, you know, just, just like waves in the ocean. Um, And, you know, just around that trough, death, you know, is, is another wave. At least that's the way I like to think about it. And you can think that's reincarnation. Um, I think that's more or less what, what it. What, what i'm trying to say when i say that um but there's there's really no point to even to even like theorize about what happens after death because like you said after death that in and of itself is a paradox like that those two words together don't make sense in the same sentence so like santi said contemplate your death uh realize that you know death is devoid of time and anything devoid of time means no pain, because you need, you need time in order to experience pain. And that, you know, death gives us meaning in this life without death, life would not have any meaning. So honestly, like we, we should, we should be grateful for it in that sense. And yeah.
0: Yeah, what you're really getting at there is like contrast and the importance of contrast. It's like there's no light without dark, all that kind of stuff. It's it's also a great great example. Um, Before I there's one more thing I want to say. But a great example is like after during a really hard workout you might be in pain and you might be like oh this sucks I don't want to keep doing this and you're pushing through and it's difficult. But then the moment after that workout is done you feel so much better and it's because you have the contrast. It's because you experienced the, the the pain and the challenge of that workout and now you're experiencing like the relief that comes from you know not having to push yourself so hard. But if all you did was just sit there and not do anything it wouldn't feel good at all. Over, after a period of time, you would feel lazy and sluggish. And and so you need the contrast of different things to appreciate the good. You need you need there to be death so that way you can, you can appreciate life. And you need, you need there to be life so that way you can appreciate death. And there's a great little story um, from the book Tuesdays with Maury, which is a wonderful book. I highly recommend it. And the story goes like this. There were There were two waves bobbing around in the ocean. And they were having a good time, they were laughing, they were having conversations, they were enjoying themselves. And then one of the waves notices something in the distance and it says to the other wave, wait, look, look over there. All the other waves are crashing into, onto the shore and they're dying. And, and we're headed in that direction. Like we're gonna crash on the wave and die. And the wave said to the other wave, silly, you're not the wave, you're the ocean. Be the ocean. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Chasing Presence podcast. If you enjoyed it, please spread the word by telling your family and friends and by sharing it on social media. You can also show us your support by leaving a review. Also, if you'd like to get in touch with us, our contact information is in the show notes. Please send us a message as we'd love to hear from you and get your feedback. As always, thanks again for listening. Stay present and have a great day.